Welcome to episode one of Read, Eat, Repeat. I'm journalist Alyssa Warren. And I'm writer Sally Kaloran. And we love talking about the simple, beautiful joys that we've found in something we've read or something that we have cooked for our friends or family. Over the past year, it's been a bit of a challenging time. (laughs) And Lisa and I went for a weekly walk and had an unwritten agreement to talk about positive things. (coughs) Not COVID. (laughs) We ended up sharing things that really made us happy. Everything from the perfect spicy margarita Mm. to homemade marmalade. Mm. The first one was me, the second one was you. (laughs) I was going to say the first one was me, the second one was you. A bit about us, we live four streets apart. Between us, we have seven kids, two dogs, one well-behaved and one not. And we're bringing a bit of country life to our very city life. So here we are sharing our simple joys with you, our friends and family. Each episode, we're going to share a review on one of the latest fiction releases. We're going to choose uh, mostly Australian authors. Um, Plus, we're going to road test the food cooked by the characters within the book. Now, Mm. you don't have to have read the book to feel at home here. This chat is as much about food, family and friendship as it is about the book. Like today, we're going to talk about Leanne Moriarty's Apples Never Fall. And we've road tested a few of those recipes in it. And we'd love to talk about some of the food that features in the book, like the brownies that um, Amy and Savannah both make for the same person. Mm. I wonder which would be better. Anyway, we'll talk about Definitely that. Savannah. And the other things that are in there, like there's a mention of minestrone and Joy, the main character, talks about, oh, would you say she's the main character? Yeah, also. I'd say she's, there's a lot of characters. Mm. But. And she talks about, sort of reveals this moment to her family about how much she's hated cooking as a mother over all of these years. And, and they relate. Have, yeah, they'd all thought that she loved it. I yeah. think our kids would probably think the same thing. Yeah. Um, and we're also going to talk about some other eats and reads. Yeah, so I'm going to talk about Nat's What I Reckon. Um, yeah, he's got cool. a new book out, The Death of Jar Sauce, which is absolutely hilarious and um not like any other cookbook I've ever seen. Good. Um, and then Liz is going to talk about her new favourite magazine, Galah, which mm. um, also is just, you know, a like beautiful... nothing else that's out there. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So let's um, start talking about Apples Never Fall. Mm. The premise of the book is that Joy Delaney, um, who's married to Stan, they're both retired um, tennis coaches, she goes missing. And so there's a bit of a mystery. It kind of goes back through the family. Um, They're a family of six, so two parents and four kids. Um, And it looks at, you know, what what kind of looks like a perfect family from the outside is really uh, kind of not that perfect and is quite dysfunctional when you take a closer look. Um, So the Apples Never Fall title I actually think is one of the best things, like the most clever things about the book mm. because often when, like, you know, one of my kids looks nothing like me, yeah. people always say, where did she come from? <laughs> um, so it does kind of challenge the fact, you know, do you inherit traits from your parents? Mm. Um, Stan Delaney's father abused his mother. So does that mean that he's going to go on and abuse Joy? Mm. And the same for their kids. Anyway. Yeah. But their kids also... Um, have traits of their parents but but also very much don't. I think it, part of this book is exactly about that. It's very much about the identity of a number of different people who are all related and that brilliant way that Moriarty um, 
creates those tensions between family members yeah. in such a lovely way where you sense that they do love each other, like all, well, no, not all, but yeah, yeah. like no, lots they of totally family members are, try to well, do. Well, they're connected anyway. Yeah, but it's very transparent with family, isn't it? Like yeah. you know exactly, or you think you know. Well, the sibling rivalries and the way they all kind of jostle for their parents' attention yeah. and love, you know, the the female loves the dad, yeah. the, the identities that they have within themselves. And the father complex, I think, that the boys have, yeah. the adult sons. Not being good enough for their dad, mm. trying to please him with mm. money and yeah. wealth. I did think that the four characters were while they have to sort of be different, I guess, to make it a bit more interesting, I did grow, I thought it was quite tiresome by the end. I was like, yeah, got it. They're all really different and I've understood the many ways in which they are different. It's quite repetitive, isn't it? Yeah, it it was rehashed quite a few times. And, And at the beginning of the book, I would say if you're starting to read it, push on, it doesn't really make much sense for a while because I felt like there were a lot of characters and yeah I think I mapped it up there's really nine right it tells the story from nine different perspectives it's a lot and I think it really lets the story down because you you know it's kind of like very surface level cardboard kind of cut out characters right where, whereas they kind of like apart from Joy which you probably yeah I liked Joy and Stan yeah I thought she was her character was a little bit let down in that she was depicted as quite a, you know, old and dottery lady, whereas mm. really I think she was much more um, clever than yes. than that. And I think Leanne Moriarty tries to tries to convey that, especially that perspective of an older lady. Um, we don't see that a lot. A lot of victims in these books are young, beautiful, white, yeah. Females. Females. Yeah. And this is quite different like that. And even the actual tale, I actually, I feel like we have become so used to gruesome crime novels mm. that I did think this was going in quite a gruesome direction. Isn't that interesting? Because I was hoping mm. that her body would be found dead in a ditch, stabbed multiple times. Mm. So maybe that is because What's I've been watching. I know. <laughs> I've just watched um, on Netflix. I think it's on Netflix, Chestnut Man. It is the scariest okay. thing ever, but yeah. it's like very stabby and psychological thriller. And um, I was, I felt this was quite a vanilla essence mm. kind of book. Well, funny you say that. I saw this review in the New York Times actually that says exactly what we have just been saying actually. And I only have really just pulled it up, but it says um, if it is. The bad habit of many modern readers, of which this reviewer says that there were one, sorry, text message about dance this afternoon. Oh, there goes another one. <laughs> this, this, I can't, it does, it's broken. <laughs> this is going to happen. It's a very professional outfit we've got going on here. So, um, so that's the latest for me this afternoon. Anyway, he says, uh, Moriarty, is, so we are all craving violence, right? And the, and the, um, reviewer says the same thing and says Moriarty is not here to fulfill that wish and nor should she be which I oh. agree well I agree and it says but after nearly 400 pages of cliffhangers it is quite a big book I was hoping for a little more a, a resolution with a little more bite but yeah right perhaps what Moriarty is after is something else altogether. 
She ends with revelations that love is hard, mistakes are necessary, and betrayals large and small are unavoidable facts of life. Hmm. Which is a good reflection of it. I think that's quite a kind review. I have seen other ones like there's one in The Guardian that was like brutal. Yeah, said this is, they said something like, this is like like a cafe breakfast that's for Instagram, not actually meant to be eaten, which is pretty rough. I enjoyed it. I thought it was an easy summary. Once I figured out the characters, I did like Joy and Stan. Um, But it's not my favourite Moriarty book. I always think they're going to be like um, Big Little Lies, which I adored. Um, Yeah, right. And I loved the TV adaptation. And Did you like Nine Perfect Strangers? No, it was, but this is quite similar to that, I feel. Yeah, same, same vibe. Lots of characters, mm. not much, you know, yeah. happening. I felt like, you know, it's it's women's commercial fiction, so mm. the pages kind of turn themselves. It's an easy read. Mm. It's not going to leave a mark on me, you know, longer than a week. Yeah, right. I'm not going to be thinking about Unless joy. we're planning this podcast and talking about it, which <laughs> has been longer than a week. <laughs> Hurry up, let's finish talking about this. Let's talk about the food within the book. Let's though, talk that's about the, the premise of this podcast. Yeah, I loved um there it's was got a pretty basic bitch food in it here. Does. To be honest. I've found this lovely part where they talked about the things that remind mm-hmm. them of like being younger and their dad. And there's this one line there in there that says, um, this particular character remembered when dad had bought him a crunchy bar. He remembered the gold shimmer of the wrapping as his dad put it under the covers next to him and that memory of the crunchy bar shimmered gold in his memory oh, of his evidence so of his father's love. Isn't that gorgeous? Oh, that is. Yeah. She's and very good at depicting those yeah. you know, simple kind of everyday things. I remember the crunchy bar. Yeah. We weren't allowed them very often. And we were a Violet Crumble family. Oh. Yeah, I feel like you're one or the other. You're it's like definitely a, a crunchy or Coke. family. Yeah. yeah. Your Coke. Mm. Same. Actually, we weren't any. We weren't anything either. Um, my mum never allowed such things into the house. No, me neither. They talk a lot about um, there's this beautiful exchange about the chocolate brownies. Yeah, so there's a bit of a fight about the bra- a jostling for mm. um, attention the- with the brownies. So one of the daughters, uh, Amy, is mm. a food tester. Um, not a very good one, mm-hmm. but um, also Doesn't everyone so. kind of writes it off because it's not really a job, is it? Everyone writes her off a bit, actually. Yeah. Well, I think she's um, a bit unstable, mm. but nothing against anyone that's unstable, yeah. myself included. <laughs> um, but she, <laughs> so she, her specialty is making a brownie, which really, yeah. you know, I love, I love a brownie, but I know, it's, but not it's a, a meal, is it? It's not a meal, and it is an odd gift. She it's gives like it to an, her dad. It's a, it's a gift that I make with my kids. Mm. We actually do a Donna Hayes packet brownie, even mm. though they're quite expensive. They are. Good. Um, they're really good. Get them yeah. at Woolies. Yeah. And my four-year-old can make them, which is also a winner. A win. So he can actually, it's all stirring in a bowl and it tastes good. I usually put some raspberries or strawberries in it yeah. when it's baking as yeah, well yum. for a bit of tartness. Lift it a little. Yeah, I feel like you could put something else in there, like a veggie of sorts. But like it's an interesting choice of brownie, isn't it? It is an interesting choice. I wouldn't give, so when I have gifted a brownie, it's to someone with kids to help them out perhaps with a school lunch sort of 
thing. Yeah. You know, or I'd take it to someone's house for the children to eat. But you wouldn't necessarily take it to, so in the book they give it to the dads. Is Mm. it Father's Day? That's Mm. her big. Yeah. And then Savannah, the mysterious character, also makes it. And hers is better. Mm. It's not as sweet. And she also makes a chicken roast, which is actually a meal that I've been teaching my nine-year-old to make because mm. a roast is quite simple to put on yep. and healthy. Yeah. And Great. And nine-year-old's so in, doing the roast. We should yeah. just dinner at yours. Well, but That's we... pretty good. Yeah. I feel like if, um, you know, the lockdown period was a bit of a time in our house for teaching home economics mm. Mm. because... <laughs> So a roast is something that we cooked and then I thought it was interesting that Savannah cooked this roast and Mm. they were like, Mm. um, you know, it brought the family together even though there was a huge fight at the table. But it's kind of really basic food in there. It's not as if it's like a year in Provence and they're cooking. (laughs) But I like that about it because that's how we eat. And, again, that's what Moriarty's so good at, isn't she, about capturing the the everyday um, I saw the minestrone reference in there and oh, then yum. had a look for a – I cook a good minestrone that I nicked from one of my neighbours. I've got this great little street and one of my neighbours is Sicilian and makes the most amazing minestrone and used to tell me how to make it and I'd try and do it and I was chunking the vegetables. That's where you go wrong in the minestrone. Ooh. Fine chopping, Fine chopping is key like in a blender no 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 like no you'd never use a food processor like you have to just put in a little bit of elbow grease yeah okay however if you put mushrooms in you can get those finely sliced mushrooms from all these and you just chuck them in yeah um but she gave me so many good tips and one of which was a teaspoon of crushed chilies not crushed chili not like fresh chilies or from a jar Mm, from a jar Okay. But it's not like putting a chili in from a jar. That would be very hot. Get it from Aldi if you've got one nearby. Okay. Yeah, it's delicious. And then I thought, so I cook that quite a lot and my husband thinks that's not a meal because it doesn't have meat in it or something. Oh, my God, mine's the same. Whatever. It is a meal. It is. And I looked for a chicken soup and I went online and I just Googled best chicken soup um, and I got this recipe that is actually the best chicken soup. <laughs> really? Yeah. And then I looked her up. It's called Ambitious Kitchen or something. Oh, okay. She's got like 500,000 followers and she's known for creating the internet's most famous chicken soup. So, really? So um, what does she do? What's her, does she basically add chili she, too? No, she just puts in, well, she puts in turmeric, oh. ginger, so a few things that lift it. And yeah, she chucks okay. in the whole chicken, boils it in there with the stock and all the other things that you put in. Um, and she and you put in Israeli couscous. Oh, it yum. all just cooks in one go. Like that's what you want, isn't it? I don't want to spend all oh, absolutely. like an hour putting in things at different increments of time. So chuck it all in and then you take out the chicken, shred it, put it back in and the Israeli couscous is good to go. It's quite yellow from the turmeric, oh, everything. Yum. But it's just delicious. It truly is the best I chicken do soup. A, I do a, um, a very similar one. I think it's a Nigella recipe mm. where you um, you brown the chicken in the pan mm. and then just add all the ingredients, but not turmeric, turmeric and ginger. Mm. So I'll try that. Yeah. I love a thing that uses the whole mm. chicken because yes. then you get the stock from the, the juices from the bones and, yeah, yum. yeah. 
do you agree with what Joy said in that she has never enjoyed cooking mm. really for her whole, fa- I, whole family? I felt like this year cooking has become such a chore, mm. whereas my husband comes home from work and then just he finds it really like a meditative yeah Mm. it takes his stress away he loves cooking and he's a great cook Mm. whereas I don't get that enjoyment my mum also says that she goes shopping not on the day that she cooks oh okay that's interesting it's not achievable you'd be cooking more for children yeah yeah when you're cooking for fuel I think it's a bit different less enjoyable when you're cooking for love yeah mm. yeah like mm. when somebody comes over and you've really planned a meal that's when I kind of enjoy cooking. yeah yeah or once a week or twice a week I'll cook something that I really put love into and I've really enjoyed making it yeah yeah but the rest of the time I'd say is a food is fuel yeah. kind of vibe two minute noodle yeah or just like I don't know tuna pasta anyone oh tp my gosh, that rem- oh we I've call got it a friend who, who's very good at making that whenever I go to her house. She's serving tuna pasta. Oh, it's a winner. I love TP. My kids love it and that's all that matters. Now, I want to talk about um, Nat's What I Reckon. Yeah, good. So I've only just discovered him because I'm late to the party. This is a super popular book. Yeah, it is because we were actually, we frequent the bestsellers now to make sure that this podcast is relevant. Yeah. And it's the number one um, best-selling book on Booktopia at the moment. And his book is Death to Jar Sauce. Um, I, he's a YouTuber, so he's got about 380,000 subscribers. I think he's had millions of views. Each um, video that he has is about 10 minutes long and it is pure entertainment. Right. So he is so... Um, so far removed from your kind of Jamie Oliver's Donna Hayes mm. and he is just such a personality. Um, he's really entertaining. I found it hilarious to know that his dad was actually a Hillsong minister and he is not that. Mm. He's not that Yeah, it seems like it. So he's quite goth in his, I don't know, is that even a word now? Like he's just unique <laughs> in the way that like he is, right? He's got like the black hair and the yeah, black. Yeah, he speaks clothes. like, um, oh, you know, let's not fuck around this week. We'll get straight to the nitty gritty. And let's be honest, we've is all dipped our toe. Yeah, he's, ah! he's, he's hilarious. <laughs> but he's just himself. Like awesome. he's, he just says he's not trying to be anyone else. Yeah. And, you know, he makes mistakes. <laughs> and then like the editor goes and um, puts a big red cross on it and says something like, uh, two tablespoons, not teaspoons, dickhead. Oh, on it. like <laughs> so did he funny. include that in the recipes? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. How funny. And um, the there's a girl filming him, and she is often killing herself laughing because <laughs> he's so funny. Um, so I could actually watch him all fucking day. <laughs> I saw in the contents page actually of that book. Um, there's a funny like subheading in there, and so he goes to like main meals, and then the sides what we would call a side salad or chips or something yeah. he's written called it stuff that goes with other shit yeah and then he's got one thing in there called not even shit red salad I like that because when I see a red salad I'd be like well that will be a bit shit yeah if yeah. he's cooking a pie it's like um it's a good day to pie hard yeah right of, he's very clever and very witty and very funny and I totally recommend I actually bought that um for presents for a couple of the blokes in my life. Yeah, I think it's sort of replaced that sort of, it's a bloke book, isn't yeah. it? You would buy well, it Well, from... yeah, but it's also funny. So it's hot pink, the book, yeah. and the recipes in it, and it's um, there's not a photo, it's all in comics. Mm. Um, and it's just, 
you know, it's a breath of fresh air in the um, up yourself kind of cookbookery world. Isn't it? And things are getting a bit up themselves. I find sometimes I'll flick through some of those cookbooks in the bookshop that I'd like to buy and they look so gorgeous. But then I'm like, I don't think I'll ever make my own pastry. I'm not going to like cook a pecan pie. It's just not, I mean, I'll make a sticky date pudding or something like that, but I'm not going to go to that extra yeah, yeah, we need. Well, it's that's more, me. It's more of like it's more appealing to us, kind of bogan. Yeah, <laughs> family accessible would yeah. be the word oh, that we could you. use. Uh, yeah, what did we say in our hopeful cooks? Yeah, hopeful. Sorry. Yeah, definitely hopeful. Um, and Liz, tell me about this. Your new love. Yeah, I've got this new love. Um, look, who would have thought in twenty twenty one that I'd be talking about enjoying a magazine, but. Um, I have really enjoyed getting to know this community that has gathered around um, this publisher, editor, um, creator called Annabelle Hickson. She's quite famous for creating these beautiful flower creations in her home in Tenderfield and has a beautiful curated um, Instagram page and social media presence. She's also a beautiful photographer and journalist. This book, um, this magazine, it's sort of a bookazine, funnily yes. enough that I said book because yes. it's something you would put on your coffee table like a book. And um, you're probably not going to throw it out ever just because oh, it's so throw beautiful. It yeah. yeah. There are no ads in this magazine and they've all got different themes like I think um, water or um, lines. this is called lines. Yeah, so yeah. it's got some really beautiful images in there and – um, there's no ads. I think there's a hope to perhaps include ads at some point. It's it very content heavy, isn't it? it Which is. you actually don't get in a lot of magazines. They're no. all kind of bite size, easy to read articles, where these really are deep dive, um, investigative yeah. reports. Yeah, it's great. On it's life in the bush. Photos as well. The photos are really lovely. I would buy this as a gift for someone. It's quite it's quite spendy, like it's about thirty five bucks a copy. Yeah, I, I just I just subscribed actually. Mm-hmm. I think it was seventy five for a year. Okay, how uh, many do you get for a year? Three. Okay, yeah, interesting. Some of these articles are well, they're all beautiful, but a couple I really, you know, like any magazine, enjoyed a little bit more. There was this lovely piece in here about um, how different towns take off and why they might work better than other towns, and there's a lovely part in there about how community spaces are really important for the success of a town and I'd say that reflects even in the city to different suburbs there's suburbs where if they've got that lovely community Mm. space that piazza kind of vibe yeah yeah it's got a um greater success of people wanting to be a part of it um there's a lovely review in this particular issue that I have about climbing Kosciuszko oh yeah did you do that as a kid no I haven't and I'd love to do it did you yeah. do it? Yeah, we did it every year. Did you? Yeah. When did you go? What Which time of year? It's funny because my, uh, I think we went in the Christmas holidays, so probably January. Right. And then we'd go skiing in winter, but we would climb Kosciuszko because um, Threadbow is actually so beautiful in summer. You've got the wildflowers. Yeah, you've got the fishing, mm. like fly fishing. Mm. My dad was a very keen fisherman. My mum was a keen walker, so mm. they settled on that kind of. And I think it's quite achievable. How old memories. do you think you were when you were doing it? It's oh, quite achievable. Oh, yeah, 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 because there's a beautiful boardwalk. Yeah. It's, it's very easy walk. My dad was an amputee and he did it. So yeah, right. 
anyone can do it. You yeah. know, your five-year-old will be able to do it. Yeah, that's Six. what I was sort of thinking. I wonder if he could do it. I think maybe next yeah, year we definitely. will do that. He'd run it. He'd, yeah. he'd be fine. <laughs> Although maybe with one less tooth. Yesterday got the call from school about the head injury into the tooth. Yeah, you know. So um, Galar also had ending. some great recipes in it. So mm. the, in the first magazine that I saw, um, it has an old-fashioned chocolate cake. Yes. Which the secret ingredient was um, espresso, which I think would make it not as sweet, which is lovely. Yeah. Um, and then they had a chicken dish with olives and figs, which my kids would definitely eat because it's got fruit in it. So Yeah. yeah. I would cook that too. That would, You could... You could mix that together with your roast chicken vibe, oh, you yeah, know. Yeah, because the tray bake is yeah. a good kind of. Yeah, well, that I just saw that. I saw that recipe too. That's with Maryland. I love yeah. a chicken Maryland. Me too. Often you can get the butcher to cut them for you as well, and then it just feels a bit fresher, doesn't it? Like it hasn't been sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> Salivating in its own yeah, chicken yeah. juices. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, speaking of um, fruit and. That figs, you've been busy. And why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> <laughs> you've been busy. Oh, yes, making marmalade. I wanted to be more aligned to the margarita, but yeah, I am a marmalade queen <laughs> at the moment. I've made two batches. Yeah, good. One with oranges and one with, um, with mandarins. Okay. So it's actually very easy to make marmalade. And because I've made one batch, I'm now a jam snob. You know, you can make it without the added jam setters. Mm -hmm. You've got to do it using, you actually get the pectin from the pips. So you get the, um, you finely slice the oranges and just put them in water overnight. Mm -hmm. And the pips kind of create the pectin, which sets the jam. Then you add sugar the next day. And I added a tablespoon of ginger from my friend Sarah's recipe. And um, and then you just kind of bubble it. She just made it, this Sarah. Sarah, yeah, what a legend! She's actually she's probably going to provide some uh, lots of cooking incentives yeah. here because she's always she's one of those people that always arrives with a homemade gift. Yeah, that's so she so actually lovely. gave me a jar of marmalade, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, I reckon I, I could do that. that." Look, varied success. The kids helped, um, and it so that meant there was a lot of mess. Mm. Also, with the toffee kind of. Uh, sugar being flung all around the kitchen oh a few of God. them got burnt but you know one has orange hair anyway oh, no. so it just kind of let <laughs> in I mean blend the in. burn or the marmalade or the, the jam um that would be but, my one hesitation with jam I just feel like it's oh, so much mess so messy look if you and did it when the kids were in bed wouldn't be as much mess yeah, yeah, but also yeah. not as much fun not much fun yeah so during lockdown I think we all learnt something to cook um, that oh, oh are you busy? You got, <laughs> some, got somewhere to be? Sorry. Um, I think we learnt different things, and I actually learnt how to make sourdough, which sounds super food snobby, but um, mm. the joke is on my little. So we have my street have a sourdough WhatsApp group, <laughs> which I love. So geeky, and we love it. I love it. And we post pictures of our bread and we all use the same starter from one particular friend called Anna and she has it in her fridge and during lockdown we would go down on like a Friday night, we'd all 
take some of the deal. You know, we joked about how it was like some sort of dodgy drug deal on our street. Because you're getting grams of sourdough. Because we're getting grams of the the sourdough starter. I love it. It was fun. And um, that's become my go-to thing, actually. And the joke is on the group, if I can do it, anyone can do it. So (laughs) it's not hard. You just have to do it a few times to get a vibe for it. And I really enjoyed making that, actually. I find it really... um, Therapeutic. Therapeutic and a great achievement because it's an all-bloody day, really. You're kneading this thing every three hours or looking at it or turning it out of something and putting something on it and putting it in this and that and yeah you really so you're a very organized person because my husband makes sourdough and from what I can gather it's all about the timing yeah so when you put in the oven to where it's yeah when it's going to be ready to eat yeah so you can't overproof it and yeah yeah Yeah. Mm. but once you get a vibe for it it's not hard. Mm. Like sometimes it looks like a pancake, you know, when you put a pancake in a pan and then it bubbles. Yeah. You're looking out for little things like that. or But in the beginning. So you know how it I says it was um, it's best to not own a boat, to be friends with someone with a boat? Mm. I think it's friends. Yeah. It's a best friend for me to be friends yeah. with a sourdough. <laughs> not even the starter. I thought you were going to say this. See, I'm so far down the sourdough, sourdough track Don't that I'm like. Just have a friend with the sourdough starter. Yeah, that's clever. Because I can't. I can't. I am known to be able to kill some. Because mm, sometimes yes. it's in the fridge and then it's out of the fridge and then you mm. Matt calls me at a certain time of the day and says you've got to take it out and yeah, feed right. it. Um, and, and what so, did you feed it? Well, I fed it the wrong flower <laughs> and then it died. So, you know. And I don't oh, want to kill anything I else. Know. I've got enough trouble keeping my three kids alive. Well, that's how I feel about the starter. But look, if you've got one nearby, it's such a nice thing to be able to do. There's a great recipe, actually, if you're just starting out doing it. There's a really good recipe on SBS, a website that's yeah. pretty much just like the basic 101 sourdough, and it gives you two loaves, which makes it worth it. Oh, great. Otherwise, you just like you don't want to go. So what happens in our house is I go to all this effort, it sits on the bench, you have to leave it for an hour or it goes yucky on the end, like not mushy but like. Oh, it's, all, it's got a proof. It has to, yeah, whatever. Anyway, it's got to do something for an hour, you let it do the, the thing and then you cut it open and then it's gone. Like but everyone eats it. I'm sort of like, don't eat it. Don't. And then it's gone. So at Isn't least with that, that one, it's you're like, two loads. It's such a simple pleasure and great for your kids to see mm. the effort that goes into it. Absolutely. They love doing it. They really, in fact, all ages. So I've got four kids um, uh, from 11 down and they all really love being a part of it and watching it it's like it's like we're having a baby for the day it's fun it's really like a fun. tamagotchi yeah, yeah. <laughs> the sourgotchi yeah, <laughs> totally uh, all right that's all we have time for um this is a fortnightly podcast so mm. we will see you in two weeks yeah well, no we won't see you we'll you can oh, hear we'll us in two talk weeks to you. and we're hoping to look at, yeah, a couple, we'll look at a different book maybe. So coming up we have um, Hannah Kent's Devotion, yeah. which I'm reading, and um, Alyssa is going to be reading Beautiful World, Where Are You? Sally Rooney. And then I think we'll do um, love stories as well. I'd really love to do Trent Dalton's love stories over the summer. Yeah. Um, and there's a whole bunch of others that we always talk about the things that are on our bedside table you know that they call it the tbr pile which is way too trendy for me but 
um, to be to read. Be read. <laughs> so we're going to get through the to be read. And um, I was actually looking at the Sally Rooney one I've been reading in and um, thinking about how we're going to talk about the food in it. There there's might, not much it food. It might be a bit problematic. They're 29. There's not a lot. There's oh. a lot of sex. Oh, is there a lot of alcohol? Because we could do that. <laughs> there's a, there is a bit. There's yeah. a bit of that, and lots of tea. Ooh, very right. so a bit of bit something for everyone's out. Oh, great. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us. Bye.